Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. We have made it to episode 30, and I... I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. (laughs) The day has finally arrived. After getting your financial colonoscopy, known as a pre-approval letter, completed, spending many sleepless nights on the internet, looking at pictures of homes, touring more houses than you care to remember, you finally find the perfect home and you're ready to make an offer. The only question is, is how do we do that? How do we call the seller on the phone? Do we do, do we, do we call the seller on the phone? Do we meet them in person to discuss the offer? Do we put something in writing? Do we talk to our agent? Do we talk to their agent? Well, <laughs> today we're going to talk about how when it comes to making, a, you know, an offer on that dream home of yours, we're going to officially make them an offer we can't refuse. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now here's your godfather of real estate, Jason Wilcox. I feel like you're more of a godfather and I'm more of a, was it Michael Corleone? Was that his name? I'm ashamed yeah. to admit. Yes. <laughs> I was more, I was more of a fan of the Sopranos. I've, I've binge watched all the Sopranos yet. I haven't watched the, how long is The Godfather? Is it like eighty-four hours between all three movies? Uh, so or? Uh, yeah, it, I've, I don't know. They're all they're all pretty long, um, but you definitely need to get with at least you need to re what you need to watch Godfather one and two. Those are the two greatest movies, in my opinion, of all time. Uh, yes, the accent I was doing, I it really wasn't the Brando thing. I was, I think, I was doing, I think, I was doing something more <laughs> along the Tony Soprano kind of, kind of, kind of lines. There, you know, I'll work on my Brando for. Uh, for a future podcast. I so. was watching it last <laughs> night just to kind of figure out, cause he does have such a distinct sound. Here's what I think I realized. Does he have like lock jaw or something? Cause I feel like when he well, talks, he, he just doesn't, yeah, he his, doesn't move the bottom jaw. Here's what it did. He went ahead and stuffed the lower, lower jaw. Exactly. So he could talk like this. That's how he talks. Yep. And then throw the Italian accent in and I can't understand what the hell he's saying. Yes, Michael. You were a good boy, Michael. So something like that. It's it's something like that. Um, But we are talking about how in the world we go ahead and, you know, get the ball rolling. We found the house. We know what we want. We're going to, you know, what do we do uh, to kind of jump off and get the party started with this offer business? Yep. And, and and all those questions in the beginning, I mean, how do we do it? Do, do I call you? Are you so you're my agent. I call you first. Uh, do you, do, what, 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 let's get that figured out. <laughs> Absolutely. And before we even dive into that, the first thing I want to make mention of, as I've said in past uh, podcast episodes, some of my episodes come from just things that are currently going on in the real estate world, okay. things that I'm experiencing with my own deals, with my own clients, uh, what I may be seeing and going on in the office. And this is actually something that's come up a lot recently. I have a lot of first-time home buyers who find the perfect house and then they don't know which direction to head. So I want to just kind of start by saying that if you're out there listening, 
whether you're working with me, whether you're working with someone else and you don't know what the first step is, it's okay. You're not the only one. That's why we're, we're doing this episode. There are two things that we do to get the ball officially rolling. The first one is this. You talk to your agent and only your agent. Your agent, I hate to use this, this analogy because I think when, when I use this analogy, everyone thinks of some high crime drama. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah. what it comes down to is when you make an offer on a home, you have your agent that's in your corner. The seller has their agent that's in their corner. It's no different than when you're in court. You have an attorney that represents the plaintiff. You have an attorney that represents the defendant. And it's not appropriate for the defendant to talk to the plaintiff or for opposite legal sides to talk. You are only to talk to your legal counsel. And that's the first thing. So the first thing is you only want to talk to your agent. Do not reach out to the seller. Do not reach out to the listening agent. Only talk to your agent. The first thing that we're going to do is we are going to make an offer in writing. In the state of Pennsylvania, I want to be very clear that all official offers, all official anything paperwork related is in writing. So what we have is we have in the state of Pennsylvania a, a form called the Standard Agreement for the Sale of Real Estate. Basically, we all call it the sales agreement or the sales contract. Okay. So we have this document. It's 14 pages. It was actually written by the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors. It's a standardized form that all realtors can utilize. And then we simply go in and we fill the blanks. But it's a, it's a sales agreement. It's a sales contract that is used by all the brokerages so that buyers and sellers don't have to spend additional money reaching out to a real estate attorney to write their own contract. So we have this 14-page standard agreement for the sale of real estate. And in that 14 pages, it literally covers everything, everything, everything. It's going to have the date we made the offer, buyer's name, seller's name, property, listing agent, buyer's agent, the address and parcel ID of the house, you know, the, 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 the amount of um, money we're offering to pay for the house, the amount of hand money. If you don't know what hand money is, go back a couple episodes and listen to that podcast. It's going to have, if we're asking for seller assist, it's going to have... Uh, the close date, any contingencies. Are we going to get a home inspection, um, a pest inspection, a radon inspection? Are we going to get a survey? It's going to have uh, all of the financial information. How much are you putting down? What type of loan? Who are you using for your, your lender? It's going to have literally everything you can think of. And one of the things that's actually very overwhelming for buyers and sellers, it is the same sales contract that gets used throughout the entire state of Pennsylvania. So if you're buying a nice penthouse, three-bedroom loft in downtown Pittsburgh, you're going to use that exact same sales contract as someone who's trying to sell 150 acres out in Clarion County. So whether it's applicable or not, it's going to talk about septic tanks, oil, gas, mineral rights, um, you know, Clean and Green Act. It's also going to talk about HOAs and planned uh, community develops. It's literally going to cover everything. And what we do is we write up that offer. We fill in all the blanks with what you want to offer. We talk about it. We have the buyer sign it. The buyer signs it, and then we send it over to the listing agent to present to the sellers. So you don't, so you don't call the guy on the phone, guys, and say, "Oh, I said I, I like your house, I want to buy it." 
I'm gonna send a couple of guys over later. You're gonna move yeah. on. I'm moving in. All right. No yeah. questions asked. You don't yeah. do that. You call Jason, who's yeah. your real estate agent. If Jason's not your real estate agent, what the hell's wrong with you? And <laughs> he handholds you through it. This is a complicated process. I mean, this buying and selling homes. This is not like. I mean, I mean, buying and selling a car is is can be a, a bit of a, a complicated process. This is this is a million times beyond. There's so many things. Just as Jason was mentioning, there uh, so many T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted. So you have to have an expert represent you in this, or you're going to get uh, into trouble. <laughs> Yep, exactly. And also to that effect, um, just like you're not going to call up the, the, the seller on the phone, um, there's also professional ways as to how you're going to bring your money to closing either. It's not like you're bringing two briefcases in unmarked $100 with bills. The you know, theme here, yeah. <laughs> it's not like if you're putting a $20,000 payment down, you're bringing them in you know, the, the suitcase with, with, with two bouncers. <laughs> That's not how it works either. But the closing day, I think, is another episode that we can do uh, at a different time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna bring Paulie with you. Exactly. Hey, Paulie, exactly. Paulie's got the money. Paulie, give him the money. Yeah. Give him, give him, although, give him the money. although, although, if we're talking about if we're talking about lackeys, I have to say that my favorite lackey sidebar is um, I don't know if you ever watched Sons of Anarchy. So it's not a um, it's not so much Italian Godfather. It was about a biker gang, right? Right. And uh, one of their one of their lackeys was called Half Sack. <laughs> and to we can day. just imagine why he was called half. Well, leave that exactly. up to your imagination, guys. Um, moving, <laughs> moving on, moving on. What's what, what? What are we? What are we? Where are we going with this? So <laughs> now that we've written up the mind. offer, I think it's a good it's a good time to talk about what all does the offer include because this is also something that I think uh, confuses some people. Or, you know, it, they don't understand why when we get together, it takes a little bit of time. You know, writing the offer is not something that happens in five to 10 minutes. You're usually sitting down for, I'm not going to lie, probably, you know, one to two hours with your real estate advisor to, to write this offer up. So there's four things that are going to be involved in the offer. The first thing is the sales contract. That is okay. the 14-page document signed by buyer and seller outlines everything that we talked about. The second thing it's going to uh, that you're going to include with your offer is the seller disclosure, which I do believe we have talked about the seller disclosure in the past. Seller disclosure is basically the nine-page document where the seller discloses everything that they know about the property. The buyer is going to review that seller disclosure before they make an offer, and they're going to sign off on that disclosure, uh, stating that they read it and that they're making an offer based on that. So you have the disclosures. The third thing that we're going to talk about is I'm going to present you with an estimated tax sheet and an estimated cost sheet so you have an understanding of what your estimated taxes are going to be on the property each year, as well as the estimated cost sheet so you have an idea of roughly what your monthly payment is going to be, as well as how how much you're going to bring to closing. We don't send the cost sheet and the tax sheet over to the seller. That's not really their concern, but we do talk about it. So you are aware of it uh, and you're not blindsided with how much you have to bring to closing. And the last thing that we're going to present to the, um, to the seller as part of our offer is your pre-approval letter. We've, I've preached almost every episode that you have to have a pre-approval letter. People ask me, uh, what's it like trying to make an offer without a pre-approval letter? I tell them, have you ever walked outside with no pants on? Do it and let me know how far you get. Uh, my, my expectation is I would probably get to my driveway before the cops showed up. The cops, plural. Anyways, those are the four things that are involved in the, um, in, in the offer. And just to kind of give you an idea, not to scare you, 
but just to kind of understand the significance behind it, the um, the 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 sales contract is 14 pages. If there's any addendums, you're probably looking at another one to two, maybe three pages. The disclosures are going to be anywhere between nine and 12 pages. Your estimated tax sheet, and your estimated cost sheet are going to be another two to three pages. And then your pre-approval letter is going to be a couple of pages. So, you know, you're talking all together when this offer is complete, you're looking at probably about a 50 page packet that okay. we put together to send over to to the to the the listing agent so it's it's a pretty big deal it takes some time to put together again it's not something that should be taken lightly and um it's why you want to use someone when we're doing this because that's that's what it entails to make an offer be put together very important uh to have somebody who can like again like you would not know you would not know this stuff and you would not be able to do it on your own so just don't <laughs> just just don't just don't even play go with that so how is the uh how is it presented to the sellers then? Yes. So in an ideal world, because this is also something that I get asked, um, in an ideal world, what I like to do, especially with first-time home buyers, is I actually still like to use the age-old practice of meeting in person. Okay. Um, I like to meet in person. I like to go over everything because I will t- say this much. A 14-page sales contract, there's a lot, but I also know it well enough that I can show you what needs to be highlighted and what we can skip over. So I do like to meet with my buyers in person. Like I said, everything goes according to plan. It takes about an hour or two to put the offer together. I'll have you sign everything right then and there. So you'll sign everything. You don't have to worry about anything. From there, if I've met you in the office, I then go back to my scanner. I scan it in and I email it over to the listing agent. The listing agent will then present it on behalf of uh, their sellers. Now, not everyone agrees with this form of presentation. This is how I choose to do it with my clients. Um, if anybody wants to debate me on that, we can debate at a later date and time, but that's how usually it goes. And then what we do is we wait to hear back from the uh, seller um, what their response is, whether they're going to accept it, whether they're going to decline it, or whether they are going to counter our offer. Um, and depending on what time of day you write it, um, you may hear back that same day mm. or you may hear back uh, the, the, the next day. Okay. All right. So Jason's going to, you know, we want to do it. We want to do it in person now. Um, but it isn't like everybody's got to agree. Right. So, so they, so this isn't just, <laughs> it's, this isn't like they're literally like the Godfather where you make the, uh, where Luca Brazzi <laughs> holds a gun and <laughs> you make an offer. They can't refuse. It doesn't, that, that was for those of you that have, maybe this is the first time you listen to our podcast. There's a lot of humor, you know, so you have to get yes. with the, the, the sarcasm and stuff. We're not telling you to yes. literally do that. The parties have to sign off. Everybody's yes. got to agree, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I find myself, sometimes I do actually have to explain that to clients. I have to tell them, you understand this is not an episode of The Sopranos. Like when we make an offer, a seller has a right to say no. No one forces the seller to sign on the dotted lines. We don't send Tony Soprano over there and put a gun to their head and say, you have to sign this. Like I want to make sure everyone's clear on that. And that's exactly it. So a lot of times what I get asked by my buyers is they we make the offer and they go, did we just buy a house? And I have to unfortunately deflate the balloon in the room and say, no, you haven't. You've made an offer. You have not really officially, well, technically you've not officially bought the house until the day of closing, but you are officially under contract when 
the seller signs off on the offer. So we sign it in person. We email it over to the listing agent. If the seller accepts it, they sign it. Once they have completely signed it, then we have a fully executed sales contract. We have a property that's going to be removed off the market because we are working towards closing on this property. And the reason why I say that it's not fully executed until all parties sign off on it, this is another kind of tough concept. A lot of first-time home buyers have a tough time understanding. When we send an offer over, like I just mentioned, they can the sellers can accept the offer, they can reject the offer, or they can counter. And a lot of times I hear, well, but we offer them, asking price, we're giving them what they want. Why wouldn't they accept it? Well, they might accept that, but maybe they want more hand money. Yeah. Maybe the closing date doesn't work for them. Maybe they didn't want to offer a home warranty that you're asking for. So when a seller counters an offer, it doesn't have to be. And I've many occasions dealt with counter offers that have nothing to do with the sales price. They want more hand money. The close date doesn't quite work for them. We're discussing a home warranty. You know, We're discussing um, how long we're going to have the inspection contingency period. There's a, there's a lot of different moving parts to this. And so I always have to, like I said, deflate the balloon in the room and tell buyers that unfortunately it's not always um, it's not always accepted right away until the sellers officially sign off. Once the sellers officially sign off, then you've bought a house, but not really because you got to get to closing again. Another episode for another day. <laughs> so what? So I, I imagine like with everything else involved in this business, there are deadlines involved yes. with the offer. So how does that work? Yes. So one of the many things that's actually included in the standard agreement for the sale of real estate, I'm just trying to see how many times I can say that title because it's so formal <laughs> and so official and we never call it that, but it's fun to reference it. <laughs> um, there, We can put in there a deadline for how long our offers on the table. My recommendation for most of my clients is about 24 to 36 hours. Again, depending on the time of day we're writing it. A lot of my buyers, if we're writing it later in the evening, seven, eight o'clock at night, I'll usually give them to the next day uh, to make a, 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 to make a decision. Now, what a lot of sellers or a lot of buyers don't understand is, again, the sellers don't have to sign. Okay. And then the response becomes, well, but, but what if they don't sign? Well, then it's your decision. Do you yeah. want to leave the contract and the offer on the table or do you want to walk away? Because if that deadline passes, then you're no longer legally bound to buy that property. But um, if you want it, you may have to give them more time. So we do put a deadline on there to try to encourage uh, the, the the sellers to make a decision. You know, the, the, the lack of the phrase, get it done or get off the pot. Okay. Um, but again, the sellers are not forced to. It's only an urgency. And then if that deadline passes, the contract's considered void. The buyers can walk away or the buyers can choose to extend the deadline if they feel like negotiations are going well, if they feel like we may get to uh, a reasonable, amicable decision, they can choose to to extend it if they want. So there's a lot of you know things at play with this. It isn't a cut or dry sort of thing. Yeah, and, 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 and the other thing I also hear a lot too, and I'm not really sure where this started. So um, like John Perry mentioned in the last episode, I'm just going to blame TV. I'm going to blame all the, the real estate television <laughs> okay. that's on right now. Um, I hear a lot of people say, well, don't they have 24 hours to sign? Don't I have 24 hours to turn in the hand money? Don't I have? No, I don't know where that started from. I don't know where that <laughs> idea came from. It's whatever's in the sales contract. So make sure as you're going through, you're reading the sales contract. If we put by tomorrow, then it's by the end of the day tomorrow. If you write an offer on Thursday and you give them till Saturday, it's till the end of the day Saturday. If you say you're going to submit the hand money within five days, you know, it has to be submitted yeah. and deposited within five days. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this is this is all about contracts agreements. Yeah, because there's a lot at stake. Um, yeah, it's, it's the biggest fight. As John also said, I believe in the last uh, podcast, you know, this is like the you know, the biggest financial. Well, we're talking about assets uh, yeah. that, that that you or they have, or you know, so it's it's an important thing. So that's why so many things have to be checked off and made sure they're done in a, in the right way, so that everybody yep. it's equitable for everybody. Yep. And as a side note, um. If this is not your largest financial purchase that you're making, I am taking applications for new best friends <laughs> because I want to be your friend. If this is not your biggest purchase, if you're spending more money on something else, let's talk. I love my friends. Don't get me wrong. My friends listen to this podcast. Let me be very clear to my friends out there. I love you dearly. I'm just saying there's more room for one more person at the table. I'm Absolutely. just saying. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what if you want to make more than one offer? So you do. You've been looking at those pictures of homes, and you, but you found two dream homes. Yes, yes. You found <laughs> you, you found you found the main chick, and you found the side chick. There you are. <laughs> wow. So th- this, I, interestingly enough, when I first got into real estate, this was never really something that came up. I, I think this has become a more popular question in lieu of um, a lot of the multiple offer situations that are currently going on. But I've been asked more frequently, you know, can you make an offer, more than one offer at the exact same time? The legal answer is yes. But the real answer is I wouldn't recommend it, and I'll tell you why. It's like because, the, it's like it's like buying the house and selling the house simultaneously, and you have to be closing and moving into a new house at the same yeah. time. It's like yeah. you can do it, it's but what, it's like it's crazy. <laughs> exactly, and, and what it comes down to is you could submit um, two offers. What happens if both of those sellers say yes? <laughs> what if both of those sellers sign? You now just bought two houses. Do you really want to take that risk? But 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 what if we make a contingent on on whoever accepts it first? We'll go with that offer, okay? And you're in a multiple bid situation. You want to put that contingency that no one else is putting your offers going to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's just it's that's like a win lose is what you're doing. Yeah. You're setting up. You're saying you're kind of telling somebody where well, we're going to say like screw you and yeah. you know, who's going to get. It's like let's play who gets screwed and yeah. nobody wants to play that with you. <laughs> Well, it's funny because while you're playing, let's who gets screwed. I'm playing who gets sued because that's that. Because here's the other thing, and and this is I cannot stress this enough. Um, and and it's actually kind of getting to my final thought a little early, but I do want to share it. People have got to understand. I cannot stress enough that this is a sales contract, contract, legally binding contract. When you sign something and the seller signs off. You are in a legally binding contract and you agree to do certain things. If you don't, there can and probably will be repercussions because you said you were going to do one thing and then you decided to do another. And I think that's in all of the craziness of everything that's going on, multiple bid situations, things going, um, you know, way above asking price, you know, everything at our fingertips, instant gratification. I can't stress enough that you're signing a legally binding document and there are consequences. And if you put two different offers and both sellers accepted, you agreed to legally buy two properties at the exact same time. And now you're in a mess of a situation. You legally bound yourself to buying two properties and it's not something you want to get into. Yeah. You better have a lot of money and then you can become Jason's friend. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what? You just bought two houses. (laughs) No boat for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, so, so what are some, okay. So we're, 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 we've pretty much hit the, the main points of this. What, uh, any, any closing thoughts, final thoughts on this? And you've had, you've had to have like crazy stuff happen with this. You have to have like a little story or something. Oh, uh, le- le- okay. Let me, let me put to you, uh, let me try to see if I could think of, of one good one. Um, oh, I, I had an offer once. Um, I will, I will, uh, I'll keep it vague to, to protect the innocent and the guilty. Okay. Um, so I had an offer once where we came in pretty close to asking price. Um, and, and, and I had a feeling we might've been getting a counter, but I thought it was a very fair offer. Okay. But one of the things my buyer wanted was um, the washer and dryer. The seller was not originally going to offer the washer and dryer, uh, but she wanted it. And so we put it in the sales contract and I sent it over and I just said, just so you know, we're gonna we're gonna ask for the for the for the washer and dryer. And it's funny because the 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 agent that I was working with on the other side was a great agent, phenomenal, been doing this quite a long time, um, very good at what he does. But he is not known to have the most PG mouth. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. And so he calls me <laughs> up and he's like, he calls me. And I think in the span of the first 15 seconds of the conversation, he dropped the F-bomb like, I don't know, 11, 12 times. <laughs> it's just like, I can't believe this is the offer. Great offer. We loved it. We're arguing over washer and dryer and the F and this and F and that and everything else. But we literally spent like a day going back and forth over a washer and dryer. And I, going back to that was something I forgot to include in uh what the offer entails we we start talking about inclusions and sometimes you start arguing over the chandelier you start arguing over the barn gates you start arguing over the washer and dryer literally things i have all i have all argued over wow. <laughs> and negotiated over well, yeah i mean it's you're spending so much that um I, I you think that just i mean and this is just completely random and i'm just your opinion do you th- what do you think that is when people get kind of petty about that stuff i mean do you think that it's just this is just the exhaustion of going through the process they like don't know what they're talking about or or you know i mean because like really if you're buying a you know a house that's costing a lot of money or whatever like a washer and dryer i mean you can go to sears scratch and dent you know uh, yep. It's not like, you know, the end of the, I mean, must be some really sweet rot washer and dryers all I'm saying. Yeah. I, it, what I have found with, with probably the, the, the most common thing I see, I, I, I very often going back to the idea of this being a legally binding contract, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but when you're buying a house, you're buying a product. It's a business transaction. It's hard to think that way when you're buying the most personal asset. Like, like actually going back to what John said, it's the place where you're going to put your head every night and fall asleep. It's going to be the place where you raise your baby. It's going to be the place where you live life. So I understand that it's a very emotional decision. It's a very personal decision. It's a very intimate decision. But the actual art of closing on the house is a business transaction. And what I find is that sometimes the emotional side of things can preclude the 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 kind of common sense of, okay, like you said, let's think about this. They're willing to give you an extra $2,000 for a washer and dryer, and you can go buy a new washer and dryer at the scratch and dent for $800. You're going to get $1,200 do you maybe want to part ways with that washer and dryer and, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick. I'll show you this. I'll, I'll share with you this one final thought. Cause it's one of my wife's favorite movies. Um, the okay. perfect example that I can think of. Um, are you a father of the bride fan Lou? No. 
Okay, so if anybody out there has ever watched Five, Father of the Bride Part 2, it was um, the scene where Steve Martin sells off the house and um, the, 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 the buyer is Eugene Levy. And Eugene Levy is supposed to be this like foreign businessman that makes tons of money. And basically what he does, he comes in and he throws money at every problem. And that's what we deal with in the real estate transaction. He threw a bunch of money at it. He's trying to kick the buyers or the sellers out of the house because he wants to now do everything he wants to this this house that he now owns and steve martin's thinking about playing basketball with his daughter and all this other you know sentimental memories and you have to remember that the person that's buying your house are not going to have those same sentimental sentimental memories that you had and that's a hard pill to swallow yeah yeah uh, it's personal to you but to those people they haven't moved in yet or who knows maybe yep. the guy maybe the guy's going to make a rental property out of it or something like that yep. so you have to kind of set that aside and yep. i think that it's i think when you have a great real estate advisor you're going to love how i'm going to bring this around uh, yes. when you have a great real estate advisor he can help you have that give you that perspective to get you to say mr smith mrs jones wait, wait a minute here let's take a, let's take a step back here okay you know, this guy is, you know, he's buying your property. He doesn't, he's just not going to feel, and he, and, and, and a really good real estate advisor will use a great analogy like the movie Father of the Bride and help, help really bring it home to you so that you yeah. will understand and, you know, you'll feel a lot better uh, uh, about the situation. And uh, speaking of great real estate advisors, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already picked up on it uh, there's this guy his name is jason wilcox and i don't know if maybe, maybe you know him maybe you don't he's, he's a pretty cool guy what do he's you think? taking applications for best friends <laughs> even though he loves his current best friends he's taking applications <laughs> if you if you if you've got the money to make two or three offers on the on multiple you know at the same time you know he's definitely uh, interested as long as you have the money for that he's he's good uh but if no seriously guys uh this is a complicated process, and you need the right person there for you to help you out. Um, give Jason a call at uh, 412-651-4638. Any questions you have, Jason is willing to talk to you. This isn't one of these uh, real estate guys that's like, you know, I mean, even if you're not ready to sell just yet or ready to buy just yet, you're kind of maybe kicking the idea around, you know, start building that relationship with somebody who can take you through the process. If you like what you've been hearing on these shows, we've done 30 of them now. <laughs> okay. you I can't should, believe it. <laughs> you should have gotten a pretty good idea that, uh, that you know, Jason's a, you know expert at what he does. He's serious about what he does, and a lot of people know, like, and trust him. So he's definitely the guy you want to get a hold of. And uh, again, uh, Jason's number is 412-651-4638. You can call or text. If you're real shy, you can email Jason at jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. We have yet whittled away another podcast. Um, so there you have everything you needed to know about how the offer situation works. Yeah, please review anything you like. There are show notes published as well. If you if you need to you know have something in front of you, you can check that out. Um, as well as uh, tune into our next podcast episode that I'm really excited about because the next podcast episode, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything other than the title, next podcast episode is titled Give Me Three Steps. So just think about that between now and next week. Have a great week and we'll catch you all on the next Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.